Have you ever been called a band geek, a theater nerd, cyber dork, studio rat, gamer punk, orchestra dork, book monkey, drama jock, poindexter, artsy fartsy, or just plain weird? Well then, welcome to Art Nerds. This is the podcast where we sit down with our nerdy friends, embrace our inner geek, and celebrate our art. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Art Nerds. This is the place where we talk to our nerdy friends about their art. My name is Michael Bryan, and I am here across the table with a person who is very near and dear to my heart. This is... (laughs) I sure hope so. (laughs) This is my kiddo. This is Grace O'Brien. How are you, my dear? Hello. I'm doing good today. Good, good, good. She has volunteered to subject herself to her father's interview. Oh, yeah. And... uh. Go straight into it. What is your art? So I am a graphic designer. Uh, graphic design is my passion. Um, <laughs> so what I specifically do for for work in my career is I like to specialize in uh, museum exhibitions and designing those sorts of things. So I will get hired on to with a company or with other freelance artists to create like the text panels and environmental graphics and different information for different like trade shows, museum exhibitions and like educational materials and a lot of things like that. So I also have a small business that I run with two of my very near and dear colleagues called Hank Design, where there we like to do a lot of publication design. So a lot of physical books and pamphlets and other educational materials. And we partner with museums a lot through that as well. So does one or the other, you said uh, graphic design is my passion uh-huh. and you kind of half rolled your eyes at that. Well, it's <laughs> it's a little joke in the community where you're like graphic design is my passion. And then you have like comic sans and the, the text is all stretched oh. out. It's a, I have a sticker of it on my laptop. So it's 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 like for people in the know, know that that's a funny thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> us layman aren't going to get yeah, it. <laughs> no. If you know, you know. <laughs> um, do you have a preference over the, which you like better, the... The museum stuff or the book stuff or or have uh, you gotten to or is there something else that I, you haven't gotten to yet? I do really love my museum exhibition work because I love working – what I found out through just like growing up and working in the field and going through school and college is that I really love working with educational materials. I And so I found that out recently through – I had, I've worked with a few different big museum exhibition things recently that I'm very grateful to have the chance to work on. But the one, so I'll just give like two examples right now is that I worked with this company in Chicago, Chicago called Lucy Creative, and I was hired on to do a McDonald's trade show that was going to be shown in Florida for a weekend for owners and operators. And then one of my more recent projects, is that I got to work on, with the same company, work on a Mars exhibition that was about trying to establish life and greenery and plants and oxygen on the planet Mars. And and so just like the difference of working with those two projects, because working on McDonald's, I was like, this is soul sucking. It's like super <laughs> capitalistic. It is just like, Oh, and it was a great project. Don't get me wrong. It was like fantastic. I learned absolutely so much and it turned out beautiful and I'm very proud of it and very lucky to have had the chance to work on that team. Great team. But just the content itself just- that I was organizing <laughs> and, and designing for and also just more of like the business professional people that I was working with. They just had such different goals than what my heart really wanted to work on. And so after... And it was just like very like corporate and they were like, we got to make sure we sell so many units and just like this new technology that's going to boost so our So their focus is not and- your focus as an artist. Yeah. And so then pivoting to work on the Mars project, I was like, oh yeah. I was like, I get to educate, educate people, help educate people. I'm not the one writing the content or anything, but I get to help educate people on something super cool 
like super new and that isn't trying to sell you something. <laughs> so okay. it was really, so I don't really like advertisement sorts of things. I like, okay. That, that kind of answers my like question. Informational. I thought, mm-hmm. You know, what is, what do you see as the difference between those two? And it's like, I think you just said it. Yeah. I don't want to sell anything and I yeah. don't blame you. That's and my heart's in the same spot. And it's funny because like, because graphic design and going through school, a lot of it, you do focus on advertisement mm-hmm. because everything you look at in this world has a designer behind it. So right. just like walking on the street, flyers, billboards, websites, apps, things like sure. that are all designed by somebody. And that's a lot of what you focus on in school, at least for my education and my experience. Um, but also like... Through my schooling, I worked at the Tarbell Art Center at Eastern Illinois University, which is where I went, where I got my degree. And I got to do more like art-based and educational things there. And I got to work with artists and um, educators to do just, it was just, the vibe there was just so much more fun. Everybody had more of the common goal of culture and enriching community and things like that. And that you just don't get with... Like, I'm making a cell phone ad, you know, and right. it's like, it's not yeah. as fun. Uh, as a working professional, do you find it difficult to, um, st- I guess, stay away isn't the right, do you, get, do you find it difficult to choose your path as a graphic designer, more mm. toward educational or more toward artist, versus being forced, dragged uh, into corporate, <laughs> into, into the salesmanship of it? So that that kind of ties into how I've landed myself in my career. So currently I work as a freelance graphic designer. So it's very connections-based. You have to be in the know with people. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to have had those connections to establish myself as an independent designer. But a lot of – if you were like job searching online and looking for things, a lot of what is needed in the graphic design world are corporate jobs and for – hospitals and other like PR teams and things like that. Right. And so, and I mean, granted beggars can't be choosers with like, with work. So if, cause when the McDonald's job hit me, I was like, yes, I'll do anything. Like I'll, I'll <laughs> take it. As a freelancer. It. I'll take it, you know? And so, yeah, being a freelancer myself. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I'll yeah. Do it. So I can't, I don't have too much say in it, but I think advice for designers I might offer and what I've been told and read in books and things like that and by people who I admire and mentors of mine, that if there's a job that you don't really want to do, make your price higher for it because it's more incentive. If you can make your price a little, like boost the price a little bit for it because it's incentive to do the job. And then also if they agree to that price, that way you're like, okay, I guess I'll do it, you know, blah, 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 blah. Because if you're not going to have fun on the project, you better make it worth your while. Right, yeah. So, we have, there's a saying in mm-hmm. uh, in when I did summer theater a lot. You do summer th- – the only reason you do summer theater, uh, at least from the academic standpoint, is you do it for love or you do it for money. Yep. <laughs> and it sounds like the same thing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. If you're not going to love the project. You might. As you well better get- be getting paid <laughs> for that project. <laughs> Absolutely. How did you get into this? I mean, how how did you fall into graphic arts versus any other the, any of the other arts? That is a great question that I don't really know the answer to myself. So, growing up <laughs> in high school, as you know, this father um, that. I was a super shop girly. I loved my shop classes. I loved the industrial arts. I loved building things with my hands. I loved, and I was in also all the art classes growing up. And I just, and our family is super artistic because mom's a music person. You're a theater and visual person. And my sister is also like illustrator sound person. And so I was never like discouraged from the arts. It was always just something that we had around and that we'd participate right, in. Right, that's just and something then, we do, yeah. Yeah, and so I was in shop class and I thought I was going to be an architect because I am wonderful at math. I love math and I love building. And the whole time through high school, I was like, I'm going to be an architect. I'm just going to do that. I That will be fun, you know. And then senior year, no, it was, I was junior year, I think, of high school, something just clicked in my head and it was like, you're going to do graphic design now. And I never second guessed it. <laughs> and I never thought too hard about it. And I was well, just like, oops, I'm in it. Like, How did you, I mean, did somebody suggest it to you or did you read about it or? I think there was a project that we had where we were doing an 
art concentration for like art four. It was a higher level of art class um, that, that you had to complete all the lower levels of art class, the prerequisites to get into this one. Um, and it sounds super elite, but you just had to put in your time. It's like, it's like taking Spanish four, you it's know? Like art four. Yeah, right. exactly. And so we, I decided for funsies that I wanted to try digital art and I decided to do my concentration on Photoshop, which looking back at it, it was, I was super new to it. I, with that project, I was super self-taught, um, and used all the Adobe, you know, suite to do that. And I just used Photoshop and and like drew digitally and I was like, okay, yeah, I really like that. And then from there on out, I was like doing graphic design forever. That's what I'm going to do, you know? And so I never second guessed it. And I chose the college I wanted to go to and I didn't apply to any other college. And I was like, that's the one I want to go to. I like the program for art there. And I really had never even second guessed it at all ever. And I'm very, very lucky to have had that weird brain break that I was like, yep, this is what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> Yeah, finding it early is yeah makes things a little easier. And also I'm just like a manic, insane person. And so I would just try to like weasel my way into any position that I want to be in. I'm yeah, very you're stubborn. pretty fearless that way. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will give you that one. You're fearless in that arena. And that's how I ended up landing my job at the Tarble, at the Tarble Arts Center on campus was because freshman year – I joined a magazine club called um, The Blue Room Magazine, and one of my dear friends and now business partner, Kane Henry, uh, was the editor-in-chief of the club that year. And so I was talking to him, and I did a few like advertisements for Blue Room, and I he told me that he worked at the Tarble as a graphic designer, and I was like, yo, I want that job. I was like, can I apply? Are they looking for people I want in? And he was like, oh, yeah, like, come on down, whatever. And I ended up getting the job like three months later, something like that, of being baby freshman in a graphic design position at this museum and super fortunate. And he's one of my big mentors and he's one of the big people that I look up to. He's incredible. And I'm so fortunate to be able to still work with him today. He's just an insane designer, super great. But yeah, and so that's how I ended up in my position today too with that same sort of attitude. So going through school, we have we had this professor, Samantha Osborne, or Samantha Tableru, I think is now. And she was our graphic design professor for a few years towards the end of our education. And she also worked freelance on the side. And at the time she was working she was on a project for the second most complete T-Rex skeleton ever found. It's not Sue. I can't remember what the name of the, the dinosaur skeleton was. But, oh, it was Victoria is the name <laughs> of the skeleton. And so that's a traveling exhibition that she worked on. And she got to show, like, she sh showed the class what she was doing and kind of like the design decks that she was working on and proposing and the style guides. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I told her and I was like, I want to do what you do. Like you have my dream job, Sam. I was like, you're a professor and then you get to do all the fun stuff on the side. I want to be you. And so <laughs> I literally told her that. How I think did she respond? Out of she shit. was like, oh yeah, like that's, that's awesome. Like you'll definitely get there. But she's very encouraging as a teacher would be, you know, and she's so cool. So down to earth, amazing, brilliant designer. And oh, I just love her so much. And so- we just got along in school and I'm also very stubborn and blah, blah, blah. And also when I was a senior, I ended up being editor in chief of Blue Room Magazine. And so that helped a lot with like the publication half of it. I loved doing that sort of thing. And after I graduated, well, I graduated during the pandemic. Yes. So the world was shut down. No hope. It was awful. And so I didn't really work straight out of school. I got like a job at Joanne Fabrics doing that sort of thing. Yeah, we all oh, it scraped. Was, it was miserable. But And so really motivational thing for graduating in 2020. Really great for the psyche. <laughs> um, so about two years later, I – and I mean I would, I would get small jobs through Sam here and there. She would call – like she called me up to help – with she was working on a Crayola project for a museum and they needed an educator's guide that, that was just going to be a PDF on the website. But she was like, hey, I need some help with this. 
come on in and help out with it. And so I worked with her to do that. And then slowly and but surely she just come, kept coming to me with more and more jobs and worked and I kind of worked my way up from small things for the exhibitions like doing an educator's guide or um I helped illustrate a book for two movie producers and like show producers uh called Keys to the Production Office that oh, was yeah. so I helped I illustrate that. Yeah. that with through her and then she suggested my name to Lucy Creative for the McDonald's project because she was also working on a different part of the project because it was a huge thing. Right. And so I just accidentally knew the right people who got me to where I wanted to go. And then after that project, I just kind of branched off and I met tons of people and made tons of connections and everybody was like, hey, we'd love to work with you again. And I'm like, yes, please. I would love to work with you all the time. So yeah. so awesome. Now, I'm curious to know, you talk about, you seem to be very fond of your Tarble Arts Center years. Kind of. <laughs> okay. Um, now, as a college undergrad, mm-hmm. Was working in that environment, that situation, did that influence or reshape which direction you wanted to go as a graphic artist, graphic designer? A little bit. It definitely gave me tons of experience that set me apart from my peers in the field. Not that my peers weren't like insanely talented people anyway, but it gave me a lot of real world experience with people. So I got to... We worked a lot with the artists that were being shown through the okay. museum, and I got to work with printers, but a lot of what we did there was publication and advertising. So, and that did kind of tell me at least a little bit where my heart lied and what I what I want to do, because we did tons of flyers, and those were all good and fun, and we got to be pretty creative with the flyers as well. And I was lucky that it was a very creatively free institution that we got to play around with a lot of like okay. cutting edge design. And but then we would do publications such as like um, event booklets that we would send out to members of the museum that just kind of outlined our programming for the semester. Right. We did. Um, like gallery guides, which had information about the pieces that we would hand out at the desks. And then uh, we worked on our favorite things is what we did was do artist catalogs. I was just going to ask about that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the big one that we really loved working on, both Kane and I. And also that's where I met my other business partner, Bailey Olson, another insanely talented designer. She's a little bit older than me. And I just, I look up to them both. They're insane. They're super talented. But and so we all got to work. Our big one was the Rachel Monosov catalog titled We Are Almost There. And she was this artist that came in, a contemporary artist that we got to work with and create an artist catalog about the pieces that she showed in our specific exhibition at Tarble. And so I had some essays from different artists and both from herself and her curator and just different people that she worked with. And But she told us, she's like, just go crazy with it. And we were like, oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. And so How? it was like the best thing we'd ever heard in our say, lives. Really- <laughs> you never hear that as a designer. Everybody's like, we want this, this, and this, and this, and this. And, and she's like, go crazy. Just make sure it matches the vibe. And we were like, oh, yes. <laughs> it was and awesome. I'm going to brag as a father. Oh, yeah. That I one did won- do it. <laughs> yeah, that one won an award, didn't it? Yeah, so we ended up through that. We just got to do a ton of crazy design with it. We got to cut cut off text. We had fold-out pages. We had um, translucent vellum inserted to different pages because a lot of it was like light focus. We mm-hmm. wanted to have see-through pages. And once we finished it, we our museum was a part of the American Association of Museums, so AAM. And... We entered it in the publication design for 2020, and we ended up winning first place for the publication design. And that is like... A little feather in your cap. Oh, there, yeah. It? That was like the biggest ego <laughs> boost ever. And so we got so we got like a little plaque for it that's at Tarble, and we got, we got recognition for that, which is super cool. And I also 
we got I got to see my name next to one of my uh personal favorite designers that I love to look at for inspiration. Her name's Irma Boom. She is an older lady, but she kind of changed the game for publication design. Super cool, super interesting stuff. And so got to see my name next to hers and I and cried and I was like, oh my tell God. Her, t- tell them why her name was next to yours. Well, because she also she also won first place because there's multiple first places, but we both won first place in this publication design contest. And so it's listed on the website, uh, which is really- That's awesome. Which is kind of like my biggest shining star on my resume if I ever have to use it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, so I learned through that that I really love publication design because also I'm a huge book person. You read like a fiend. I love reading and I try to read as much as I can. And also just like the designs of books. It's just so, it's again, another educational piece of work that you can right. do so and have a lot of fun with. I, I, I will I'm, I will say this about you. You look as if you're going to be one of these people who I would call a lifelong learner. I would hope so, yeah. <laughs> no, but you are one of these, but you, when you find something new and shiny, you go after it and you figure it out and put it in your arsenal somewhere. And you have never said no to anything, at least initially. That's gotten me in trouble a few times. But yeah, ultimately, <laughs> I think I get it from you, Father, very much because you're you're such a tinkerer and you'll just be like, oh, that looks like fun. I want to try doing that. And so... And I think it's just, I grew up with that sort of environment, so I'm just going to do that, you know? Um, <laughs> My fault. But yeah, I it, not being able to say no to things, I think is, uh, I think you should always go for things that you want to try to go for, as my, as my advice. I always say that if you're going to regret not trying or regret not doing it later, do the thing, no matter how, how scary it is. Because that's what the McDonald's one was really scary, because it was my first big exhibition that I worked on, and I was like... Oh, is this gonna be more than I can handle? But all right, like let's do it. Yeah, you know? I remember that because I remember all of us thinking her first big job was one of the biggest. It was like jobs. one of the biggest names, <laughs> right? That she'll probably ever do. Yeah, and so it was really, really insane. Um, but then, luckily, because I wasn't afraid to take that on. Well, I was afraid, but I still did it. That's I think that's the important part. Um, right. But it really prepared me because my most recent project that I did, I got to work um, on a King Tut traveling immersive experience uh, through Na- National Geographic, which is like my favorite thing that I've ever done in my whole life and super cool. And I'm still currently working on it. But uh, doing the scary thing first helped prepare me to take on these even cooler jobs so, right. I mean... Now, do you think you would have taken on something like uh, a smaller Nat Geo or a Mars Expedition thing if you hadn't done the McDonald's thing first? I think so. I'm not I'm not a person to say no to things. Um, but the McDonald's one was... I was very much thrown into the deep end of that one. I was, I was like the youngest person on the team. <laughs> I, was 20, I was 23 at the time. Um but yeah, it was, it's very much sink or swim, and I mean, you, you do what you got to do to get through the projects. I remember pulling like 60-hour weeks, which granted, don't do that. If you can avoid doing that, don't do that. That's not healthy. Um, <laughs> and that's where my not saying no comes and gets me in trouble is because, especially in college, I was the editor-in-chief of a magazine, and then I was also doing these classes, and I was also working, and I was also helping other people out with, like, different odd jobs here and there. And so just not being able to say no, I was like, oh, I have no time. I'm dying. But um, it definitely prepared me for more realistic work later down the line and just, like, covering my bases and knowing what I'm doing and becoming a full, like, professional in the field, which – Scary, but needs to be done, you know? Right, but I, I I think these last few projects, you have met that challenge. You can say, I am a professional in the field. Yeah, I feel much more <clears throat> comfortable in my skills and my and like what I know about the field and interacting with people. Because also a really big part of the job that you don't get told a lot as a designer, at least not where I went to school, um, is that you also have to be like, if you're going to be freelance, you have to be a business manager too. Oh, right. Like you have to oh, write yeah. contracts. You have to cover your bases. You have to do taxes. You, you have to like your own invoices. Yes. And keep 
Make yeah. sure you get paid. And so that's yeah. like the really, that's probably the biggest learning curve I had to do over the past like two years with working freelance was that I'm like, I have to write my own contracts. I have to read these contracts. I have to negotiate <laughs> things. I have to, yeah, and like get them signed and send invoices and manage my taxes because I like now I have to do, I have to worry about write-offs for work and <laughs> things like that. Right. So, but it's, I mean, again, very valuable skills to have for that. So, <laughs> um, what about your art turned you on? Um, this is going to show how big my ego is. I love seeing my work in the world. I love other people pointing at my work and being like, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, are you one of the artists that, um, I like seeing people point at my work and say, that's really cool. Now, are you the type that needs to say, that's my work? Or are you okay with just hearing it from afar? Ah, depends on who says it. Because if it's like somebody I know that's like, oh my God, that's really cool. I'll be like, I did that, you know? <laughs> but like, through, because we, my, I took my mother and I out to Boston to see one of the Tut exhibitions that we worked on or that I worked on. And we, so I wasn't like going around telling everybody I saw and they're like, haha, I did that. I did that. You know, I did that part of this and, and whatnot. Um, but I mean, also another thing about being freelance is being able to brag about yourself in like a respectful enough way of like, yeah, I worked on that. Like that is, that's something that I've done, you know, but yeah. uh, without sounding arrogant. Well, and, that's just your resume. Yeah, that's, that's kind true. of part of the schmoozy business but, art. I mean, on, honestly, a lot of, I mean, the King Tut show is definitely the flashiest thing that I've worked on. It's that one had the most wow factor to it. That one. People, they built it so people would point at it and be like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, right. oh my Lord. Um, but for like the McDonald's project or like the Mars project, most of the time in museums, people aren't focusing on the graphic design, and which is also another like really cool thing that I th having more of like a supportive role to the educational material that you pr put out, I think is, it's kind of sweet and very is that beautiful. satisfying to you? Yes. So, because also there's a fine line between design that that's made to be showy and design that's made to aid in the um, communication of information. Sure. Because that's all that I always joke that I have a degree in organizing information in a way that's like digestible to the common eye, you know? Right. Because as, as a designer, you're looking at all like the fine details, but what the average person is going to notice running through a museum exhibition is nothing close to what you might be worried about, you right. know? Because <laughs> through, because working on different projects, you're like, oh my God, is this font going to be okay for people? Is this too big for people to read? Da, 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 you know? Because we have to think about oddly specific things. So a lot of times in designing museum work, you have to worry about how, how high something is placed up off the wall because if it's too low or too high, people aren't going to read it. And people don't read anyways, but like... <laughs> so don't make it difficult for them. Yeah, so make it as easy as possible and as, <laughs> as digestible as possible to people just like running through this thing. And so right. being that supportive role too, I think is really, really nice as well. So, and I mean, having a fun balance of both the right. razzle-dazzle so, so, and the... <laughs> so let me ask you this. When you took your mother to... Uh, the King Tut exhibit in Boston. Mm -hmm. um, did were you listening for people to comment on the exhibit or the work, or did you hear some things? Or I mean, you definitely was that heard part of you people satisfied while you were there. A little bit. I, it was also just a really big moment for me because it was the first time I had ever seen an exhibition that I worked on in person. Oh, I had never seen any because right. I'm not, they're not going to let me in a McDonald's trade show because I'm not an owner or operator <laughs> and I'm not like and for the Mars thing I think they're still like currently working on stuff like that and it's just like and so it was the first time I got to see anything that I've done my that I've had a hand in working on and so I was pretty focused on just like crying and <laughs> having a just good day soaking it in um. 
but it was really, really awesome to get to see people interact with the content that I got to work with and look at different text panels that I helped design and different things. And it was, and and it was very well received. There's a few articles. I think there's an article in the Washington post about it. There's so just seeing how well it was, was received with press conferences and other public. Yeah. It was really, really, really satisfying and just very much like, like, oh yeah, that's why I do this. Like it's, it's a lot of fun to be able to, to share that sort of stuff with other people. Well, as sappy as that can sound. but well, <laughs> No, I think, I think that that kind of, as it's interesting because I talk to other artists uh, in weird and wonderful fields, but there always comes down to almost everybody. There's this moment where everybody connects, mm-hmm. both artist and audience, you know, and those those moments are defined differently, you know, say theater versus mm-hmm. a museum exhibit Definitely. versus like uh, music. music performance mm-hmm. or, you know, anything else. Uh, but there's always that moment, those tiny little moments where audience and artist meet mm-hmm. and share that little little spark that little spark that one tiny moment in time and space where you are yeah it's it's really cool um especially if it's like well received by people and things like that so yeah because i mean granted i love very controversial art too that is made to make people upset and like up in arms and things like that And i think that's very important in today's society um but in my job, that's not what you do. Like, at least oh, in what right. I do, you're like, don't make people upset through this. <laughs> and so having um, a positive reaction is what we're always going right. for with that sort of thing, which is fun. <laughs> Anything else turn you on about your artwork? I don't know. I mean, I do. So with graphic design specifically, it is just like, I mean, I grew up in a household full of educators that, and I want to be a professor myself. No, I want to get my master's degree um, and be able to teach and be an educator. And that's what I find really awesome about graphic design and and being in this weird niche field that I am in, that I find myself in. Um, And also the fact that I don't have to code a website. Can't make me. I'm not doing that. I, <laughs> ooh, I hate coding websites. And I know, like, digital is the future. And I know you should be able to code and d- to, like, design an app. I hate designing websites and apps and coding. Can't, it's just not how my, bra- my it's brain... It's somebody else's niche. Yes. So one of my best friends is also a graphic designer and she does like exclusively UX, UI design, like user experience stuff. So she do, she's doing apps and buttons and websites and I'm like, oh, you couldn't pay me enough to do that. I could, I think in a very like physical manner. So a lot of like print and things that are going to be printed large scale. Right. Okay. So that's where, that's where my brain lies. Okay. But, um... And it's also like I do a lot of art outside of my specific field. So I do like a lot of personal art. And I think that's important to also have. But I really enjoy having some art that I enjoy doing that's just for me and that I don't have to sell yeah. to somebody too, yeah. which is really nice. So. Yeah. That's uh, one of my favorite uh, examples is on this subject is uh, I read a book about Jim Henson's work, mm. The Puppeteer. And he was very good at keeping... His work, he did certain work to sell. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, yeah. Um, he did the Muppet Show to be a product to mm-hmm. sell. Mm-hmm. But he did that so he could make his money to do the product, the projects he wanted to do. Yeah. You know, like some of these weird... Uh, like Labyrinth. the Dark Crystal, yeah. Labyrinth. Those were passion yeah. projects. Mm-hmm. He didn't care if they sold. He didn't oh, care. Yeah. But he wanted to do them. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, he was very good at keeping certain things to himself or special for himself versus, and he learned that lesson through Sesame Street. Yeah. Because that was his first big gig. Mm. And he was passionate about it, but then Sesame Street needed money and they wanted to license the characters. Right, so yeah. So he f- resisted. Mm-hmm. So he gave them everything except Kermit. <laughs> yeah. Smart. <laughs> right. So anyway... Um, but I think that's, I think that's also, if I were to give more advice, you know, that 
unsolicited advice, mind you. Uh, <laughs> That's actually one of my questions, so. But um, I think it's really important, especially if you sell your work for a living, that to have something that you keep just for yourself on the side, I think it helps a lot against burnout. Because whenever I find myself being really burnt out, I'm like, I'm just going to make my little clay figures and I'm going to yeah. do my little painting and I'm going to do my like drawing goofy little things here and there. And it, it, I think it is really helped full and like reviving the creativeness I will say, I won't go further and say it's actually vital as an artist I would say so I've been doing theater mm -hmm. so long that um it's uh I need to do something else yeah yeah so, at least for a little while you know yeah whether it doesn't matter if it's theater related long as it's not direct directing yeah <laughs> long as not directing or designing sets mm -hmm. uh, uh, or anything like you know so like you said I'm in the basement tinkering with like Model. God knows what. Yeah. yeah, stupid stuff. Making a rock sling, you know. Yeah, <laughs> just fun dumb things. Yeah, I found how to make a rock sling, so I made a rock sling and I practiced in the backyard. <laughs> Throwing them in the backyard. But yeah, I think, and especially with uh, digital art as well, because I sit in a chair and I stare at a blue screen for <laughs> hours a day, at like so long, and just and it's just such a weird disconnect between digital art and physical art that it's, I think, at least for me personally, very important to sit and make my little clay figures and not look at a computer screen. Right. I was going to ask. It's is, good for your health. <laughs> I mean, outside of uh, just not ruining your eyes, mm -hmm. um, do you prefer one or the other or do you find one more satisfying or I'm, I'm digital versus right, yeah. analog? I think that I... I think both have their perks. I think both can be pretty expensive. Sure. <laughs> um, I personally enjoy just doing my goofy little stuff for myself because obviously, like, I feel like most people can share the sentiment. Nobody wants to work to live. Like, nobody wants to genuinely work. I just so happen to really enjoy my work, and I'm very lucky that I do. But it's still work, you know? Right. So, um, but I think what I can do through the computer is much more than what I would be able to do physically with something like that. Um, Cause I'm thinking, especially with like digital illustration, I use procreate and an iPad like to do a lot of my illustrations that I like to do um, and other work related items. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I would gen, I would be able to do that to the same degree if I were to just like physically paint something. So I have a few digital illustrations that I'm like super proud of um, that I would not be able to have done physically. But I think like even if it's bad art, you know, it's good art. All, all, all art is good. Bad art's subjective. And also you have to make bad art to make good art. So yeah, you need um, the comparison somewhere. But I think. In my heart, I like to do my little, silly little things. So that's just for me, and that's just fun, and that is purely and selfishly to bring me joy. <laughs> so. And I think, like I said, I think that's vital. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, save something for yourself that just makes you happy. Because the moment you have to do that mm -hmm. for anything, you know, money or anybody yeah. else, it's not fun anymore. It becomes work, yeah. And yeah. then you're like, I don't want to do that now. I don't want to do that, yeah. And especially with the fickle heart of an artist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> especially. You're just like, well, now I have to. I don't want to do that now. Like, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Um, anything about your art that turns you off? I mean, we talked a little bit about yeah, I would computer just coding, but anything... That really turned you off about it. I would go back. I mean, my I hate doing the business aspect of stuff. And I hate having to... I don't like the clerical work as much. I very much enjoy the grunt work of being in the programs, choosing fonts, putting things together, right. uh, formatting stuff for print. Um, but with bigger exhibitions, you have to do approval decks where you put all of your graphics into a deck and you send it to the client and the client can give you comments that'll probably make you want to rip your hair out because they said the opposite earlier, like two days before. Anyway, that's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> we won't get too deep into that. <laughs> uh, and I think working with clients is always hard, you know, I mean, you have to be a people person and you have to be able to put your foot down without making people upset because that's what they paid you to do as a designer. Because if they could do it themselves, <laughs> they should. 
<laughs> instead of paying you to just be their monkey to do the thing. Um, but being able to work with, I mean, some clients are awesome. Like Rachel Monosov was incredible to work with because she was just like, do it, like have fun, you know, <laughs> which is awesome. But working with specifically like business related people can be frustrating for somebody with an art brain to try to communicate to sure because they have different goals again that you do that you might have as an as an artist and me personally i find it difficult <laughs> coming from a place of knowing and um and i think just how corporate it can get is kind of unfortunate in my in my career but i mean you can't have the good without the bad right. as well so. I, again that's interesting that even in uh in your, uh, let me try this again. <laughs> it's interesting that uh, a lot of freelancers I've talked to are the same way. Oh, yeah. We love doing the art. Yeah, we love that. Let that me get grimy in it. Yeah, let me get all. Let of me find there. that zone and yeah. just go for it. Mm-hmm. But it's all the prep work. It's yeah. all the, all the like you said, the paperwork, and it's like I've think, used Excel so much in my life now, and I had never thought. To e- that I would even be using Excel, like at all. Right. And now I can't live without it for organizing different graphics sure. and different like substrates and things like that. So I think crazy. As a freelance artist, that's just one of the norms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to do. This. You have to be a business major too. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I was. Not Unfortunately, prepared for. so I was very yeah, yeah, yeah. not prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, why do you participate in this art? I, it might be just that may be a, a rewording of previous questions, but right. but I think it sparks a different a different thought process. Yeah. Definitely. Why do I participate in this art or any art for that matter? I don't know. I think again, I just grew up in a very artistic household that encouraged that sort of thing. But I, I'll. I'll be honest, times are grim, man. Times are grim right now. <laughs> um, and there's like really no joy in life without without art. And I'm I'm lucky enough to be able to to participate in it and have fun with getting my hands dirty in different aspects. And uh, I think specifically with graphic design that I really I get to work with a creative team and especially, again, like really just doubling down on educational things. I love to be able to help share knowledge with other people in in fun, creative ways. Um, I think that's in your DNA. Yeah. Because you come from a long line of teachers. Yeah. And so me and foolish me in high school thinking like, I'm going to be an architect. And it's like thinking I can escape my teaching gene. Nope. Can't do that. I'm going to be a teacher. (laughs) I would love to be a teacher. Um, But yeah. And just getting to work with other people who have the same goal in mind. And then also I get to learn so much about different topics through these things because I'm, I'm reading all the content. So I've, I know a ton about King Tut now. I know a ton about the inner workings of McDonald's, which I'm not allowed to share. And I know a ton. <laughs> I know so much more about Mars and just the different. I can see that being a lot of fun. You become well read, definitely. I'm gonna say that sounds like a lot of. <laughs> that's that part to me sounds very exciting and very interesting. Yeah, because the like they'll content. just come like especially with um, the movie producer book that I got to to work with. That I mean, and I have a copy of it that I get get to look through and just kind of we did a lot of infographics for that so fun little illustrations that help right uh show stats and maps and things like that uh and I learned a lot about the movie production and being a PA and doing that sort of thing and, and it's just you people come to you with these new topics and new experiences that you never would have previously been introduced to on your own and so it's just a lot it's a lot of fun to and especially being like you said a lifelong learner uh and being endlessly curious about whatever you know right that i get to interact with a lot of really cool content and a lot of times content that not other people know about because why else go to a museum if you're not going to like learn something new about the cool thing that you're seeing right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah one good thing every museum trip is a mm-hmm. is a mandatory and plus like i've just been obsessed with museums growing up we always went to yeah museums. We, we did a lot of museums and uh and they were just oh it's just so fun i love that sort of stuff <laughs> what do you think you'd be without it out your art 
Oh, man. Probably dead. Um, <laughs> an well, architect. Yeah, an architect <laughs> in a silent room. Um, well, because I'm a huge, <clears throat> I consume music like nobody, nobody I've ever That's met before. That's true. I am never not listening to something. And so without music, definitely I would not be. And I mean, I love music. I am not a music brain person. I've tried reading like sheet music. I'm horrifically dyslexic. So the dots and lines of the paper don't add up for me. Can't do that. Um, but mom's a music person and I have just been listening to music since such a young age. I'm always listening to things all the time that without that, I probably genuinely would not have survived this world. <laughs> um, but without me actually doing art, I think I, I would be an architect. I think I would be doing something math related, oddly enough. I'm one of the rare people who I love art, but I do have a very math you math do. brain, I will which is that right strange, now, yeah. but I like, like, I really do enjoy, I remember begging some of my friends in college to do their math homework because I didn't have a math class in college because okay. I was an art major. So I'm now like, I worry. I'm like, please let me do your algebra. Like my brain is turned to mashed potatoes. It's so much fun. Like, let me just do this. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, my child, you are so strange. Anyway. <laughs> Um, last few questions here. Okay. Um, other than the art you currently work in, mm -hmm. what other art would you like to try that you have not? I don't know. I would love to try glass blowing. I've worked. Ooh. I've worked with glass before and doing stained glass things. Because I've being an art kid, you know, I've been very fortunate enough to dabble in a lot of different types of art. Um, but glass blowing is something that I haven't tried yet and I would really really like to try to do that um but I think if I had my own studio space to do whatever I wanted with art wise I would do pottery and have a wheel and have a kiln oh, and sculpt fun. I really really enjoy sculpting I think that goes back to being a very like physical brain Sounds like person. Your shop class days yeah. started there. Where I get to build things with Three my hands. Three dimensional stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I think that would be and also I really love functional art, which probably now thinking about it applies to all of my museum work is just the functional art. Is that sure. art that serves a purpose, I think is really awesome. And so pottery and sculpting and things like that, making little dishes and mugs and like plant potters and things yeah, like that, I think would be. Yeah, bases and stuff. Yeah. Any other art that you know you would never want to try? Ooh. I'm too curious to not really want to try things, but out of the art that I have interacted with, I'm not a performer. I'm not a performer. And you know this very well, Father. <laughs> but you've tried it. I have tried it. So growing up, Dad being the director that he is and being part of these productions, of course, my sister and I would go try out for these little and go audition for these. And she's going to tell this story. <laughs> this is just illustrates how not I am not an actor. I'm that is not in my blood. It missed me so hard. That gene missed me absolutely by a mile. Because my sister would always get casted in shows and I would be, I would not get casted at all. And so I would be like, I'll go be a techie or whatever. And <laughs> You never seemed to care if you got cast or not. No, it's just kind of the thing to do. Like, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. I, it was I, just I never in your Never took it personally periphery. by any means. I just, it just helps illustrate that my own father knows that it's just not there either. You know, I just, not even the nepotism could get me in. <laughs> I tried. Didn't work. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I love theater. I love going to watch shows. I've watched like everything my dad's ever produced. I love that sort of thing. I will not be on stage. I will be in the audience. Thank you very much. <laughs> However, I would, not that I'm saying that you should do this, mm. or but I would love to see you attempt like a scenic design or something to that effect. I think that would be a lot of fun because mom has been bullying me ever since high school to be a furniture designer. Yep. And to do it. So. That's true. Which I think it would be really fun to be able to work in that sort of 3D spaces. And I work with a few people who are scene designers for big productions and... As well as graphic designers. Yeah, as yeah. well as graphic. And it's just like 
that sort of work is so, so cool. Cause also that becomes functional art with, um, right. Like how can you turn the scene around super fast for the next like area? You know, like how do you flip these around? How do you make this versatile? Which I think is really, yeah. I, I view a lot of graphic design as like a puzzle cause you have to communicate something and you have to find the best way to do it, but you can't make it boring, you know? Right. Or, I mean, some sometimes you have to make it boring, like if you're doing letterhead or whatever. Um, but so it's kind of like trying to piece together what I can possibly do with this to make it the most, like, eye-catching and, sure. like, match the subject matter. It's It brings me back to um, college. A little thing about me is that I have a blatant disregard for rules. Um, <laughs> so in school, some of our earlier works, like our early graphic design projects, we were like, okay, make a post, like make a poster. You can't use any color. You can only use one font and you just have to use alignment to try to find a creative sure. solution for this. So they took all of our tools away and we're like, do what you can with just like these two elements. And I would try to break the system so hard on that project. So like one time we weren't allowed to use any shapes at all. So we were only use, like allowed to use black and white and text. Like that's all that we could do. And so I started turning the eyes into giant blocks of like just blocks, you know, just to have some negative space into the thing. And, and I'm like, technically that's not a block. That's an eye. That's can't catch me on that. And it's like, then I added line in it and you couldn't use any other shades of things. And I just, it was a lot of fun to try to, to try to work my way around it and break the system. And I think like, yeah, it's fun. It's important. I definitely, well, I think it has served you well as, as yeah. And, and too, being as ornery as I am, I yeah. think <laughs> fortunately has gotten me where I, where I am today. <laughs> Tenacious and ornery. Being yep. wildly stubborn. And I get yep. it from my mom. <laughs> um, I did not say that folks. <laughs> okay. Last question. Where okay. can we see some of your art? Oh, uh, if, the King Tut exhibit is traveling and it might be in a city near you. Currently it is in the National Geographic Museum in Washington, DC. The there's one at the SOA power station in Boston. We have one coming up in LA and Vancouver and San Francisco. Hopefully it comes to Chicago. That's one place. Um, but my website is graceobriandesign.com. And my Instagram is where I post more of my personal work and like illustration and fun, goofy things is uh, Grace O underscore design. So and has a little G as my profile picture. And that has more of like my illustration and more just, of your personal work. Yeah. Stuff the stuff that I, I'm not going to put on my website for clients. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But yeah, that's where that's where you can find me. <laughs> well, thank you so much for. Thank you for having volunteering me. Volunteering uh, yeah. an episode for me. Oh, yeah. And always fun to talk to you. Always fun to talk Thank to you. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for hanging around and geeking out with us. If you enjoyed the show, hit the like and subscribe buttons. And more importantly, join the conversation and leave us a message or comment. We'd love to hear about your nerdy art. Thanks again, and join us next week for more Art Nerds. 